So how much theology do you know? Today on Life Talks, we're going to start a new podcast series on theology, doctrine. And before you just turn it off right now, I don't want you to because I believe doctrine is important. Uh, we're going to call the series Theology 101. And, and the reason why I want to do this is because, you know, Dan, first of all, I'm Ben. I'm one of the teaching pastors here at Life Fellowship uh, Church in Cornelius. Dan is on a missions trip, um, and we are here with a new producer we Josh are. Brom. We are. How are it's you, Josh? Good to be here. Yeah. This is, this is kind of new. This is kind of weird. I'm glad you're here, man. It's nice to be here. Um, so we're going to do a, a, a new series we're starting, and it's going to be on doctrine. And just, Josh, I'm curious, when you hear the, the words theology and doctrine, what comes to your mind? Oh, all the debates that I like having with them okay. on theology yeah, and doctrine. It's, it's sometimes divisiveness. Yeah, I'm thinking Calvinism, <laughs> Arminianism, and things like that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's divisiveness. A lot of times people think it's boring yeah. or heady. Yeah. These are all things that I think we think about when it comes to theology and doctrine. And the reason why I want to do this is, number one, I, I want us to move beyond some of those uh, misassumptions yeah. that we have, and I, but but the other reason I want to do is because I think a lot of people don't really know. They might know things, they might hear things, but they don't know why they believe what they believe. Yeah. And so I, I thought it'd be really important for us to kind of take a step back and to say, you know, there's doctrinal things we talk about all the time. Let's figure out where do we find that in the Bible? I, I know that for me, there became a turning point in my life when I had to answer, and I had to figure out why do I really believe this? And I grew up in the church. I grew up with my dad as a pastor. My dad worked at a Bible college. And so I had to know, like I was around the right, a lot of the right thinking and right doctrines a lot. But when it came testing People saying, well, why do you believe that? I couldn't give an answer. And so what I want to do with this series is, is give some um, foundational doctrines. We're not going to go into everything, but some foundational doctrines of what, what every Christian should probably know. Yeah. And if they do know, where do you find that in the Bible? And so um, this is uh, this is something that I, I really had to ingrain myself. And when I went to Bible college, I had to obviously had the six theology classes, lots of Bible classes. But uh, so Josh, when I, when I had to graduate from the Bible college I went to, there was a thing that we did called orals. I can't remember if I mentioned this at, on the orals. podcast before it's orals. And what it was, was an oral examination okay. with two professors. And what I had to do is they, they, I basically could come into a room, into one of the professor's offices with a Bible that was completely unmarked. And they had to, they could grill me for two hours on any of the 10 major systematic doctrines. That's very anxiety. It is. I mean, it was kind of like <laughs> the magnus opus of every, every senior at Baptist Bible College would walk around continuously with a stack of three by five cards and we would just be yeah. reviewing Continually. Yeah. Um, I actually have, um, you know, the, if you're watching this on YouTube, I actually have some of the notes that I that I created back then. Wow. Uh, with me 25 years later, just because we're, we're going to, I'm, I'm going to be reviewing some of these things. But that, 
that experience, Josh, was formative in my life in a number of ways because, first of all, I, I didn't want to, I wanted to graduate. Yeah. But number two, it really forced me to know what I believed. Mm-hmm. And let me just say this there, there are some things that I believed back when I was 22 years old that I have shifted in. And again, it's mm-hmm. not a, it's not a, I wouldn't say it's an orthodox belief, but there are beliefs that have shifted over time. That's very interesting. To yeah. Me. Yeah. And, 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 in fact, I asked uh, I asked this with a group of pastors. This was like probably 10 years ago. I asked a group of pastors. We would meet together every Wednesday morning uh, for coffee over in Denver. And each of us would kind of bring a question that we would all talk about and dialogue in. And the one question I brought up one time was, what's been your biggest theological shift in the last five years? Oh, I love that question. Okay. Because I had gone through some theological shifting. And man, this one pastor, he got so mad. He was like, How, what do you mean theological shift? I mean, he just couldn't comprehend yeah. anyone disagreeing, like making any kind of changes in doctrine. Like once you believe, you know, once you believe it. And um, so, yeah, I doctrine, I think when we talk about doctrine, it can feel almost personal yeah. in a way. Yeah. Um, because our doctrines have been formed by, well, my pastor who I love so much taught me this, or I grew up and my mom and dad taught me these things. And, and so, man, I want us to just kind of take a step back. I'm going to try to do the best job I can of making sure that we're going to be talking about the real core Orthodox yeah. doctrines. We're not going to get into the weeds. We're not going to get into Arminianism okay. and Calvinism. Okay. All right. I'll be good. <laughs> But we are going to um, we are going to talk about why why we all need to know these core doctrines and why they're important for us to believe. Yeah. So um, I think it's I think it's important for us to understand what we believe about God because I think one of the one of the big things I keep coming back to over and over in my life is I see how belief drives behavior. Hmm. I see this yep. over and over again how. A lot of times, what we do in life is determined by what I believe. What I, I and you can have the right theological statement in your head, but I'm talking about core beliefs of conviction of saying this is what I believe to be true. Yeah, Do, that doctrine or theology or belief drives behavior. And if you have a wrong view of God, a wrong view of of Scripture, it's going to it's going to affect the way you live. Yeah, and another reason why I want to do this series is I, I I believe that there there have been a lot of shifts that have taken place in Christianity today um that not not because the Bible has changed because whenever I look at what doctrines Christians evangelical Christians believe today there seems to be a shifting focus on all of them not all of them be, I mean there's a it, it's always amazing to me when I hear you know only 67 percent of and I'm just making this up, but you know, 67% of evangelicals believe in the Trinity. I'm like, time out. <laughs> That's a problem. Uh, you know, 50% of all churchgoers don't believe in the sin of homosexuality. Okay, so why why does there seem to be a shift in theological what used to be core doctrines? Why are they shifting so much? And one of the things I've looked at is okay. I think one of the biggest enemies to to, to biblical orthodoxy is um, 
number one, experience. Hmm. A lot of people they have an experience and they they base all of a sudden they have a they have a theolog- theological shift because of their experience in life what kind of a theological shift can happen in response to interesting experiences like that so so the biggest one that i've heard of is actually in the, with the issue of homosexuality that the number one reason that people change their beliefs is because i know someone i have a family member or a close friend that identifies in one of these ways yeah and um, I, when I saw that, it just, okay, there's there's a personal experience. There's a relationship. Another thing I would say is social media. And I know, listen, we all love to be that. Social media is like just the guy, kid, we all love giving noogies to like, everything is wrong in the world today is social media. <laughs> just some of it. <laughs> um, but I do, I've seen this play out, especially with my kids in the Gen Z generation, my my kids will show me a video, a ninety second, you know, uh, video that espouses some kind of truth, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that's true." And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa time <laughs> out!" So a a well well produced ninety second clip can get you to believe something. Not everything on the internet is true, <laughs> kids. But I I share that to. There's power in you see enough of the wrong messages. Yeah. Um, you know, you keep seeing it over and over again. You fool yourself. Well, this must be true because I keep seeing this is the near. And even some of these, um, whether it's TikTok or Reels or whatever it is, I mean, they're they're these social media companies are wired to give you things that are going to feed that that animal inside of you yep. to go down the rabbit hole. And it's truth isn't sexy. Truth isn't going to get the clicks. It's it's the things that are kind of you know out extreme or um, you know unbelievable. And so I have I be, I do believe there has been a shift in people's think, thinking by social media. In fact, um, Josh I just got done reading a really interesting book called um, "The Great Dechurching." Ooh, of America. That's a good time. We and, and this is something I know that I, when Dan gets back, I want to talk to him about this book, but we are in the midst of the third great religious movement in American history. Hmm. The first was the Great Awakening. The second was happened in the 19th century. Uh, and they were both pro-increasing percentage-wise of, of Christianity in our nation. This is uh, a movement <clears throat> of the last 20 years, 40 million people have left the church. Wow. 40 million. In how many years? 20 yeah. years. 20 years. And COVID really kind of exasperated the momentum of it. Yeah. Um, but it, in the midst of that, when I was reading this book, these per, these people broke down the, the categories of people that have left the church. Hmm. And I think there's like five different groups that have left the church. But the one group that I thought was the most interesting name for the group was what this author called uh, secular evangelicals. Huh. I mean, which is kind of an oxymoron if you think about it. Right. So explain that. So secular evangelicals are people that espouse to be evangelical, but have kind of synchronized a belief in God with patriotism and have, you know, these are these are the hardcore Trumpians. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Um, they don't care what he says, what he does. 
they're going to they're going to follow him and so they espouse some belief in god mm-hmm. but their lifestyle their actual doctrines of what they believe in are very secular yeah but they they claim to be evangelicals which is this weird uh just this weird combination of of beliefs of belief systems that's interesting so explain a distinction for me why is it that you said that there's this thing where they're you know, their their beliefs are then driving theology versus the other way around. Like it, when I think of some of the MAGA types that I've been mm-hmm. around, and I don't mean that in a super pejorative way, but it's just maybe a yeah. slightly one, is they, a lot of times they, it feels like they are really strong, like Southern, yeah. like yeah. Calvinist type Christians, mm-hmm. but then their behavior seems super different from that. Yeah. So which direction is that going? I think that's why, I think that's why the secular you know, descriptor descriptor of them is what matters. And th- that's my point is they would say, well, I believe in the Bible and I believe in God and I believe in Jesus, but they're a lot. I mean, there is a discrepancy between what they really believe about God, what they really believe about Jesus, what they really believe about the Bible, yeah, about morality and how their life, you know, their life really reflecting that. Right. So I, I I think we're we're in the midst of this massive movement, and and to me we're we're at this um, critical point in our in our nation where the people of God really have to know what we believe and why we believe it. Because just because someone says, "Well, I believe in God" or "I go to church," doesn't necessarily mean that they might have all the right doctrine, or they might they might claim to be an evangelical, but what do they really believe about these kinds of things? And so. I share all that because I, I feel very burdened that we at Life Fellowship Church, and I know there's people outside of our church that listen to this, but obviously we do this podcast for our church, yeah. that we are people that really understand the Word of God and that we understand the importance of doctrines. And so um, that's why we're doing this series. I, 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 with, the, with the remaining time left, I want to just go over um, – well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going to split this talk into two because I, okay. I had enough. I thought this was going to be one. Yeah. But, but welcome to po- right, <laughs> welcome to right. Life Talks. This is a podcast. <laughs> this is what happens. Um, there's a couple things that when I said when we when I asked you what do you think of when I think of doctrine and theology, you're like divisiveness. We thought of um, it's it's heady. It's uh, you know it can be just kind of boring, and and so. Uh, one of the reasons when I was thinking about, okay, why is studying theology so important? If I could say it's not that, it's this. Yes, we want to know what we believe and why we believe it. But I think when we're approaching the issues of doctrine, there's a couple of reminders I want to give to us who are listening to this. Hmm. Number one, our posture should be humility. Hmm. That I have learned over time, and I think Dan and I have mentioned this before, over time, you know, when I was young and I was leaving Bible college, I felt like there was about a hundred things of hundred points of theology. I'm like, you know, this is, I'm beating the table. This is the most important thing. There were a hundred things that were yeah. so important. Yeah. And I, what I would say over time, over the 25 years I've been in, in, in ministry and in pastoral work, what I would say is that list has shrunk. Not that I don't, not that even some of my theology hasn't changed. It, it has changed. And I still might hold to some of those doctrines, but what I what I have realized is, I understand there are reasonable, godly people 
that come to different conclusions than I do. Yeah. And because of that, I can I can hold certain doctrines with an open hand hmm. and say, this is what I believe, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to die for that. Yeah. And then there are some doctrines that I'm like, in my hand, I'm I'm going to die for. So we've got, I want you to approach us with some humility, knowing that, um, don't, don't think that, that, uh, you know, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Let's not, this is not about making sure that you're the smartest person in the room yeah. because anything that you know, you know, because the Holy Spirit has blessed you enough to help you understand this. Hmm. Um, the second thing I would, the second idea I want to give is we need to have compassion hmm. because I look at where I'm at today, Josh, I was given every benefit of the doubt to have good theology. I grew up in a Christian home, yeah. in a pastor's home who loved God, who taught me the word every day. I went to a Bible college. I went, you know, uh, for free because my dad worked there. Like I've been given so many amazing benefits to, with a good starting point. And if I come across someone that's different or has a different background or, uh, yeah, might be completely opposite in the spectrum with me theologically, that humility, but also compassion to be like, you know what? I want to understand them. I want to listen to them before. I'm not going to back down from my beliefs. I'm yeah. not going to compromise my beliefs. Yeah. But I also know that I've been given a great benefit that most people don't have. Hmm. And with that, I want to be compassionate and patient and kind with people yeah. who don't have the same theology as me. Yeah. So uh, all of us, a lot of times when we come to those conclusions, it's a journey for us where we come to those conclusions. So, so I want us to have a posture of humility, um, an attitude of compassion and kindness. Um, the third thing I would say is make sure that you study theology in community. Oh. I have seen so many Lone Ranger Christians that, they start their journey in in faith and doctrine and they get they get so sucked into books and theological texts and they never talk about these ideas except for the online message boards which yeah. is not that's not the best place to dialogue the best place is within community i'm sitting across the table with other people and we're able to dialogue about these things because i might have a really dumb conclusion about something and I might say something and I realize as it's coming out of my mouth, boy, that was really dumb. <laughs> and so learning these kinds of things within community and with people that will love you and care for you and that you love for them and care for them, that's really important. That that doctrine is something that should be should be practiced and should be studied within community doesn't mean it has to be all the time. Yes, there's going to be times you're going to read a theology book on your own. There's times I've done that. But when it comes to the actual, okay, how do I apply this? Do it in community. Um, and then lastly, it the, the study of doctrine and theology should lead ultimately to worship. Hmm. If you get done with this series and, and, you're, and you're more proud and you're more... You know, you have this posture of, you know, look at me, what I know. I'm going to impress people with yeah. what I know can't doctrinally. Wait for the next yeah, debate. I can't <laughs> wait to trash this person at work. And it, no, it's every time we come to a 
to a doctrine, a, a theological reality that God's Word teaches us. It's worship. Man, thank you, God, that you are this. Thank you, Lord, that you have shown me, that you have revealed this to me. Um, even even Jesus says that when he asks his disciples, "Who who am I?" and they 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 give him the right answer, and he and he what is it? It's doxology. I praise God that that the Father has made that has made you aware of these things. Mm-hmm. When we come to the right theological conclusions, that's not a testimony to how smart we are. It's an opportunity to praise and worship God for number one, who He is, and number two, that He has invited us into who He is that we might know him. So, um, I mean, we are just getting started. I'm, for the next episode, what we're going to do is we're, I'm going to um, talk about different kinds of theology. There's different kinds of theology that we're going to, that are out there to study. And we're going to kind of, you know, go into the different kinds of theology and why we need to study them and what they are. And um, so, so I hope this has been a good kickoff episode to this Doctrines 101, or the, I don't even know what we're going to call it, Doctrines 101 or Theology 101. We'll, we'll determine this Figured post. post uh, you know by now. <laughs> it will be on the, as it pops up. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to go on this journey for the next couple months to really understand what does the Word of God say and what do I need to believe about God? So thank you again for joining us on Life Talks. I hope this has been an encouraging uh, start to series for you. Uh, make sure you share this with your friends, anyone who might be interested in this in this podcast. And once again, um, really appreciate all the all the listeners and, and the encouragement we always hear from you. Uh, thanks again for joining us on Life Talks, and we'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.